All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to another episode, a, a natural hat trick, three in a row, another episode of Dropping the Gloves. This might be 500. I didn't even check. Oh, crap. It's, it might but be. It's very exciting. Thank you for joining us. We've been buzzing through this week because there's been a ton to talk about. We had four more games last night, and we're just going to recap all the big events, all the major talking lines, because there was a lot to talk about. Every single road team won last night. And what did Tim Wurzberger say? The moment he popped out of his mama, Deirdre, what did you say was the most important thing in life, Tim? So the series doesn't start till the road team wins. Boom. We got ourselves some series. Eight games have been in the books. Five of the road teams have won. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's five. That's crazy. Last season, the home teams held court, I think, seven of eight. And it was home team, home team for a lot of the series this year. Home home field doesn't doesn't mean a thing. The visiting teams are dominating. They weren't even that close to him. The final scores were fairly lopsided. Most of the games weren't even that close. Rangers five to one, Jets five to one, Seattle three to one, Tampa Bay seven to three. Where do you want to start, Tim? Because there's a lot to talk about. Should we just start with the massive elephant in the room? That is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're, and I, I don't want to say unprecedented because it's par for the course for them. And the, the expected collapse of these Toronto Maple Leafs. Should we start there? Yeah, let's start there. Because I was thinking about like, even though the game, so many of them were, were blowouts last night, I think it is actually aligned to how evenly matched the NHL is. And the parity is just there. Where like road teams, underdogs can go and win on the road in first game in a dominant fashion shows that the standings aren't quite, maybe aren't as important as we thought they were. It's all about getting it done in the playoffs. So let's start with uh, Toronto. You know, the whole regular season with the Toronto Maple Leafs, we talked about everything is a build up to the playoffs. These guys lost a tough game seven last year to these Tampa Bay Lightning. Everything was just a throwaway in the regular season. You get to your first game, your home ice advantage. You do everything right in the season. You skid a little bit to start the year, but you're playing very well coming into the playoffs. You nail the trade deadline. 
your GM goes out and gets you the most coveted piece at the deadline in Ryan O'Reilly, a Conn Smythe winner, a centerman, the guy. He goes out and gets you depth on your forward group, gets Noel Achari, Sam Laftery, Zach Aston Reese. He gets you some more depth on the back end with Luke Shen, Jake McCabe. You're ready for the playoffs. This is it. And you go out there and you do that. That. That was embarrassing. I just want to ask you this. Is, are you shocked by this result? Or do you think they've just been fooling us? But how they've been playing the whole year, their, their talk, their language surrounding the team, we've learned, we're ready. And then to lay an egg, are you shocked at all, Tim? No, no, I'm not. And I was thinking about last year. I don't have the results in front of me, but I think they lost game one last year, too, to Tampa. And Tampa routed them last year. No, sorry. Toronto routed Tampa last year in game one. And then absolutely. Then Tampa came back and won. But Toronto smoked them first game. I think it was eight to three. Okay, because I'm thinking about like what's going to happen the next. And I don't know what will happen tomorrow night in game two. But I think generally speaking, say say Toronto wins game two. And then they win maybe just as unevenly. Maybe it's five to two or something. And you're like, you know what? Game one was a fluke. They are a better team. They're not going to, they're going to convince us that they're not the same team for a second, for a night, for a 48 hour cycle. They're going to bounce back and be like, okay, this is a different team. They are able to bounce back. They are able to have toughness. And then they're going to skid at the end again. It's like, it's like it's already happened. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's so frustrating if you're a Leafs fan that the annual tradition, they already started it, watching them in that Toronto square on video. The, all the fans just quietly standing in that little uh, square. It's so nice. It's my favorite tradition. I love it. You can set your clock to it. You really can. Toronto Maple Leafs have a fantastic season. They tinker at the deadline, add a good player. Then they completely just blow it in the playoffs. And I and I want to touch on, you mentioned the first game last year. Tampa gets smoked. Toronto was flying. They buried them. You know what Tampa did in the third period that Toronto didn't do? They had a little bit of a pushback. There were scrums. There was fights. Pat Maroon was getting in people's faces. Corey Perry was getting in people's faces. Point, Kucherov, Stamkos. They made it hard for the Toronto Maple Leafs. After they knew the game was over, Tampa was like, screw it. We're going to goon it up. Let's go. You're embarrassing us. We're going to try to hurt you. We're going to make it hard. We're going to make you remember for game two. And that's what they did. And it was it was a good response. Toronto last night, it, it it was like they weren't even interested, Tim. Once it was 6-2, and they got that late, late goal in the second period, going into the third, Toronto did not want to be there. They get a throwaway goal from Jan Kroc, Jan Kark. It was just, let's run the clock, and let's get on our way to game two. Is that the kind of response you want from a team? Is this the kind of pushback you expect? I think Toronto was so hung up in their head. As soon as they got down 5-2, 4-2, they were done. They had the push to get to 3-2. Obviously, the the penalty by bunting is just an asinine decision. That guy should uh, give his head a shake. After you going out 4-2... You're done. You could see it in their eyes. You could see it on the demeanor on the bench. The shoulders were slumped. They weren't talking on the bench. They were doing the thousand mile stare. No one was 
talking or doing anything constructive on the bench, even on the ice. It was like, get on the ice, try not to get a minus. Let this, let's get this game over with. That's not what you want from a winning team. And I know people kind of don't like that aspect of we're losing. We're going to goon it up. You have to have, you have to show up somehow. So if you're losing and it's not your night, go and lay the body, go and get in someone's face, face wash somebody, let them know you're there. Get a fight, lose it. I don't care. Just show up. Tampa's in Toronto's head. Toronto didn't respond. It was an embarrassing game from start to finish for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it started right from the drop of the puck. And you want to know why? Toronto went into this already on a negative. You submit your lineups to start the game. You got John Cooper. He submits his lineup first. The Keith gets to see John Cooper's lineup. He goes, okay, you're starting your first line. He has a decision to make. Does he match strength for strength? You're doing Stamkos point Kucherov? Okay. Do I trust my first line to go up against that first line? Am I going Matthews, Marner, and at the time, Bunting? Or Tavares, Nylander, Kerfoot? Or O'Reilly? However he wanted to sort his lines. Last night, I think he went with the three big centermen, Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly. What am I going to do? I get this lineup card. That is the first decision that sets the tone for the whole entire game. Because you know what Tampa's doing. They're on the road. They're going strength. First two lines. They're going point Kucherov, Stamkos, and they're coming right back with their second line, Sorelli, Hagel, and Kalorn. You can lock it in. In years past, they went with Gaudreau, Coleman, and Gord because that was an unbelievable third line. They're going their first line strength. What does Toronto do? They start their third and fourth line for the first two games of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Third and fourth line. That sends a direct message to their top two lines. It says, you know what? We don't trust you guys. I'm sorry. Their first line is better than you. We think if you guys play against them for a full 60, you're going to lose that battle. So we're going to try to match you versus them. Is that the message you want to send to your top guys? Austin Matthews, he sits for the first two minutes of the game. Of course, Tampa Bay scores. They go up one on a terrible, 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 terrible turnover by Zach Austin Reese. Don't know what he's doing there. Terrible play. But it's all because their coach doesn't trust their top guys, and he's trying to avoid bad matchups. Be aggressive. I used to love playing on teams when they would do the lineups, and they would go, you know what? I don't care who they put out against us. When we were in Chicago, oh, we're going to St. Louis. They're going to try to match up David Backus versus you, Johnny. What do you want to do? He's like, bring it. I'll, I'll play. I don't care. And Cube's like, fine, we're just going to roll them. You guys got this. You should not care what the other team does when you're the home team. They have to react to you. Oh, Keith is reacting to them. He's already playing at a disadvantage. And it, and it burnt them. It absolutely burnt them. It sent a message to his first Two lines saying, we don't trust you guys. You're not good enough to compete with your first two lines of Tampa Bay. And it gave Tampa Bay a boost of confidence because, because, oh, they don't want to, they don't want to play. You're going to put your third line out, your, your, your checking line, quote unquote, and try to stop us. Watch dash one. Boom. This game's ours. See you later. It it was a terrible decision by Sheldon Keefe. I, I really take offense to that. And if I'm Austin Matthews, I'm pissed off. I want to be taking the opening face off. At home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is my team. Me, Austin Matthews. I am your guy. 
Put me out there. I'm pissed off if I'm John Tavares. I'm the captain of this team. I am regarded as one of the best defensive forwards in hockey. Put me out there. I can do it all. I'm I'm one of the best players in the NHL. And you, can, you can't trust me to match up versus Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos? That's the players, players understand that. So it, it was right from the get-go. It was not a good... Not a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, sorry, Tim. I, I was thinking about that all night long. It drove me nuts. And sure enough, the game played out. Toronto had no jam. Tampa was all over them. Toronto's defense was atrocious. And we'll get to, into all that. What do you think of that? Does, it, does that little mental thing make sense to you? Or it's like, okay, why am I not starting? What's wrong with me? Why can't I play versus these guys? Am I not good enough? I'm Austin Stinkin' Matthews, for Pete's sake. I'm the guy. What do you think? It does because you're right. Because he only made that move after he saw who Cooper was starting. If he was if he was the away team and he picks his third or fourth line, he's the one sending a message to the other team, right? He's making them react to him. But the fact that they started their their third or fourth line, or the first line, and he responded with his own third line, that means that you're right. He didn't have confidence in them. And I'm wondering now, like Ryan O'Reilly, he scores that first goal, gets a little bit of momentum back. He's probably one of the only players that that played pretty decent last night. Where does he factor in this recovery from game one to game two? Do you expect him to, this is why they brought him in. It's not just the offensive two-way on the ice stuff. It's the leadership. It's the grit. It's the toughness. It's the we won't be pushed around aspect that he brings to the game. Do you expect him to make a difference in game two? And like what's happening in the locker room in that group of guys today after game one? It's, they won't say it or there'll be no signs of it, but it's just like, here we go again. You know, people have short-term memories. A lot of the time, but with the Leafs, it's it's long term. They they are post traumatic stress disorder big time. They've lost it in the first round for six straight years. Austin Matthews has been there for all of them. I mean, he's like, what do I have to do to win a series? We have the better team, and to make matters worse for this loss, yes, seven three was lopsided. Yes, they got in penalty trouble and they couldn't, you know, withstand Tampa Bay's great power play. Tampa was missing arguably their best two defensemen for for. Two thirds of the game. Hedman only played six and a half minutes. Six and a half minutes. Chernak only played nine minutes. Those guys are usually minute munchers. They were gone. So they played four defensemen, Tim, two thirds of the game. No one's really talking about that. One of their forwards, Isamont, Jake McCabe, destroyed him. He only played five minutes. Tampa's playing with four defensemen. And 11 forwards, and they still absolutely worked the Toronto Maple Leafs. If I'm a forward or a defenseman or a goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm a little worried. I'm like, holy guacamole. We should have had them dead to rights. Their best defenseman was done. Their second best defenseman was out, and we still couldn't muster any pushback. We get two power play goals, and it's a throwaway goal in the third period. I don't know what they're saying in the locker room. What is there to say? Everybody seems to be blaming the refs. Everybody seems to be just trying to not make make a big deal out of it. It's like, you know what? We'll learn from it. That's what John Tavares said. We'll learn from it. Steve Dangle had a good quote. He's like, you guys should have your PhDs by now. If you learn, <laughs> if you learn from bad situations and losing in situations like this, because that's all you do. When is the learning done? When are you going to put these, these lessons into action? Let's see. It's just. They're losers. That's what it is. 
can we please? And I, I know it's the first game, and we're blowing out of proportion. They could win the next four, and it wouldn't surprise me. They are on paper the better team, but at what point do you just label these guys losers? Right? Can we just say it now definitively? These are losers. They can't yeah. do it. They fold under pressure. Well, Samsonov was not great last night. He let in, obviously, the volume of goals, but also the, some of the goals he was letting in were weak, and just he wasn't really competing at his best now, although Keith did say today that he will start game two, which is crazy. Who else are going to start? Who else right. are they going to start? Yeah. Well, it's this okay. Now a going... whole other ball of wax. I'll let you go. I got tons <laughs> to say. Who, what else? Going back to Tampa defenseman. If if Hedman and Chernak are out, because I want to talk the bunting the bunting play in a minute too, but if they're out for at least game two or beyond, you got to think Tampa, uh, the Leafs have to win the series, right? If they miss the rest of the series, you can't you can't lose that series. Oh, you can. And this is a beautiful thing about Tampa Bay. This is why they are such a championship team. It's this next man up. It's what they do. Braden Point goes out last year. They figure it out. They get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Steven Stamkos goes out the first shift three years ago. They go out and they figure it out and they win the Stanley Cup. This is what they do. They got Mikhail Sergachev for a reason. They brought in Ian Cole. He's very good. And they'll figure it out. They're a winning team. Yes, it'll be difficult because Victor Hedman is the guy. Conn Smythe winner. Arguably the best defenseman in the world. He's a piece, big shoes to fill. I don't think it's that big of an issue. I don't want to gloss over this Samsonov thing. We went into the playoffs and I said, this guy's an issue. And you were just, he's the best goalie they've ever had. I'm taking him over any other goaltender they've ever had. Did you want to backtrack a little bit, Tim? Retract some of those statements based off of that one game? Because he was, in my eyes, atrocious. Yeah, he was. No, I'm not backtracking yet. I mean, if, if he loses them the series, then we can say I was wrong. It was one game. Mm-hmm. It was one game. And, and the whole team was off last night. So I, I'm not I'm not ready to say I was wrong yet. Plus, John, you know, I don't admit when I'm wrong. That's not my thing. It's hard for you to admit that. I get that. That's that's normal. Now, with him struggling with Matt Murray being who knows what's wrong with Matt Murray. He's injured. You've called up Joseph Wall from the AHL. You got Eric Colgren on emergency loan. You have all your goaltenders. Does the fact that they don't have a veteran goaltender who's been there, done that, not solidify everything we've been saying, everybody else has been saying, all offseason, all season long, they made, they need to make a play and go get a goaltender, just in case. Lo and behold, look where we're at. Game one in the books, we're questioning the goaltending. And I'm just saying, you look over at a team in the Western Conference. Their goaltender started last night, did not look good. Laurent Brossois struggled. Oh, who do we got to back him up? Jonathan Quick. We have Jonathan Quick to back him up. Why, why couldn't Dubas do that? Go get Jonathan Quick. It's a... It's such a no-brainer move. I've been just uh, all over him about this for years now. And now here we are. And this is a Vegas Golden Knight team that has Aiden Hill, that has Logan Thompson, and Lorraine Brossois, who are all very good. Toronto doesn't have that. Toronto has a Matt Murray and an Ilya Samsonov and an Eric Kalgreen. It's 
this this one falls on Dubas for all his great moves. This one falls on him. He should have brought in a good veteran backup to just come in just in case something like this happens. Because now you're you're putting Samsonov out there. Well, how do you think Samsonov feels? What happens if he lets one in early next game? You think he's going to have the chutzpah to kind of shake it off and let's go? I don't think so. This it's a bad situation for Toronto. It is. They will have some kind of pushback, but boy, how nice would it be if you had Jonathan Quick just throw him in the net? The guy's won a Con Smythe, multiple Stanley Cup winner, been there, done that. It'd be so nice, but they don't. They don't. So let's talk about the uh, the bunting hit on Chernak. So he <laughs> he's got a hearing today. He skated this morning in practice wearing a gray jersey, which is a scratch jersey. So I don't think he's expecting to play tonight. What was your takeaway from that hit? It was dirty. Dirty, dirty hit. He deserved to be suspended. They don't play tonight. They play tomorrow. I, I don't like correcting you, <laughs> but they play tomorrow. I think he gets two to three games. I, I He picked his head. Chernak already wasn't skating good, so it's not like he can say Chernak and him are racing to the puck. He wasn't even making an attempt to go to the puck. I'm t- speaking of bunting. And he picks his head, and he jumps to boot. It, it was a dirty play. Bunting is slowly... I like what he does. He's slowly turning into like, no, he not even slowly turning into, he is a dirty player. He is. He dives. He embellishes. He's questionable hits. He talks all the time. I used to like it. His reaction sometimes. Remember when the ref pushed him through the boards and he's like, that was crazy. I thought that was funny. I liked it. I don't like this head, especially with your team. You just made it three to two. And you go out and you do something like this, put your team down five minutes. Then they get another penalty. So it's a five on three and they score right before the clock dings for the second period. And even if he wasn't suspended, you got to You got to bench him. You can't do that. It's selfish. It doesn't do anything. It's such a dumb penalty. You're in the offensive zone. Why? Doesn't make sense to me. Well, he is going to get suspended for sure. It's, it's like uh, the Kadri thing. Kadri would just do some stupid bonehead little mm-hmm. move behind, hit from behind or an elbow to the head, and all of a sudden he's missing the entire first round. Like It happened twice back-to-back years, right? Kadri, Kadri, Clifford, now Bunting. Every year they have a forward who takes a suspension and a five-minute penalty. The Leafs are just, they can't get out of their own way. It's, it's unbelievable. What are you going to do? Keith, bad decision-making, Bunting. Stupid penalties. Toronto can't get a goaltender. Justin Hall was terrible. Mark Giordano was terrible. All their good penalty killers kept getting penalties. It was a recipe for disaster. Recipe for disaster. What do you do the next game? What do you do to try to correct this, Tim? Because how do you bounce back from this? This was the most important game for all of these guys' career. This was it. Game one. Send a message. Tampa Bay Lightning. And you lay an egg like this. How do you recover from this? Well, the worst part of it, too, was you go down 2 nothing, and then with two and a half seconds left, whatever it was, Kucherov scores on that one-timer. And this was the year, right? This was the year, very first period, your own fans are booing you out of the building. This is crazy. I don't know what you change. What, what could you possibly change that's different? You don't have a different goalie. Do you jumble the lines? I don't know. Your top six is your top six. They're, they're a very good, skilled group of forwards. What do you what do you change? Well, you you can... Shuffle the lines a little bit. You can take Hall out, bring in Lilligren to pair up with Giordano. I think you definitely do that. You, because Bunting will be suspended, you bring in Matthew Nyes 
the young kid, kid from college, put him with Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Chari on the third line. So you can, you know, shuffle the lines a little bit. Yarn obviously is going to be on the first line with Matthews and Marner. They got that late goal. So you will see some different faces, but at the end of the day, it, it's got to come from the top two or three guys. It's got to come from Matthews, Tavares, Marner. Those guys need to do better. I know Matthews had two assists. Nylander gets the goal. It's not good enough. It's not nearly good enough. You have to be a force. You have to go out there and dominate the game. You did not dominate the game. You know who dominated the game? Braden Point. That guy's clutch. That guy's so good. He's so incredibly good. So incredibly good. Who would you rather have? Matthews or Point? I mean, if you ask me, I'd say Matthews, but it's (laughs) maybe not. Who's going to show up when the rubber meets the road? Point is so clutch in the playoffs. He's incredible, and he's good in the regular season. He's not out of this world good, but he gets his points. This year, I think he had 95, 51 goals. He he does it in the playoffs. Every playoff run that they've had last year, he was hurt, so that's kind of throwaway. Two years ago, he was a point-per-game guy. The year before that, he had 33 and 23. He's that guy. So we just saw the lines reported with the bunting expected to be suspended for tomorrow night. The top three lines are jumbled. Jan Kroc, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, and that Nies or Nyes, O'Reilly, Achari. Nyes, the college kid. He's going to come in for bunting. So they are jumbling the lines, not just because of the need for change, but because of bunting out as well. Did they say the defensive pairings is Hall out? No, it's he's in McCabe, Brody, Giordano, Hall, Riley, Shen. Wow. I think that's a mistake. Hall looked very, very bad last game. And Giordano and Lilligren have had really good success together. I don't know why they're keeping Justin Hall in the lineup. Doesn't make sense to me. But moving on. Jake McCabe, does he get suspended? What do you think of that hit? Jake McCabe? um, Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. He buried Isamont. Very similar to the Matt Dumba hit on Joe Pavelski. Did you see it? People are a little questionable on the hit. Does he get suspended or anything? I don't think he does. I think it was a great hit. No, it was a clean hit. I saw it. I didn't think that was even the question. I mean, I yeah. guess it was he popped him a little bit, but no, that was a good hit. What are your thoughts on the Leafs whining about the referees? John Tavares after the game saying all those 50-50 calls, we're pretty sure they're going to go against us. Is he saying the games are fixed? Is that what he's saying? That's what the fans are saying. There's, there's a saying I learned years ago, and I kind of stick by it, especially with work and like, you know, like uh, corporate environments, professional environments. What you say about someone else reflects more on you than it does about the person you're talking about. And it's the same thing goes with refs. What do you say about the refereeing is people are going to think more about you than looking at the, what the refs are doing. And this is your captain. You're a 12, 15 year veteran at this point. Like, why are you talking about the refs? It wasn't that bad. And even Matthews was asked and he said, Something along the lines of, I thought most of the penalties were penalties. So I don't, he didn't, he wasn't him whining. It was Tavares, which is not, it's just strange to me. I don't, I don't like it. It's ugly. Maybe it's a little petty. Sticks and stones. It, maybe he's hoping one of the refs reads it and, you know, a next 50 50 call. He goes, you know, I don't want Johnny T thinking that about me. Maybe I won't call this penalty. There was a couple I could see that were questionable. There was a cross check in front of the Nets, I think. Um, who got it? Shen got it potentially. Cross check Colton. That was an iffy one, but you cross checked him into your goalie. You, you know, you you got to be smart. You got to be smart these days. But anything else on this Toronto Maple Leafs? Do you think they bounce back and get the win in Game Two, Tim? It's a must win. If they lose, they're done. Yeah, no, I think they do. I think they do. Like I said, I think they'll win us over, and they maybe even win Game Three. And you're like, oh, you know what? 
this is a different team. This is a different team. And they'll have us all fooled. I think they win the next two. Oh, they're the worst. It's so frustrating. It's just, it's just exactly who they are. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. Let's touch on the other games. Big, big upset. You know, I know the underdog won the other two games, Winnipeg, New, New York Rangers. They're very, very close teams. The Seattle Kraken, nobody gave them any chance to win this game. They go in. Philip Grubauer played fantastic. He was lights out. He saved everything the Avalanche threw at him, ended up with 34 saves. What do you think of this game, Tim? The Seattle Kraken get one early on a bad turnover by Devin Taves. And they were off to the races. Did you did you expect this? No, I can't make heads or tails of it. We someone tweeted at us saying we've been sleeping on them all season long uh, this morning, and whoever it was is totally right because we have been. Um, I think you disagree, John. They just beat the Colorado on the road in Game One. Like they're really, really good, and and to shut down like McKinnon that way, and and McCarr, and like I know Rantanen got one, but like that's one of the best offenses in the league. And they win game one on the road. I don't. I. I don't understand it. Um, I know Georgiev Gorgiev didn't play great. Mm. Um, couple high glove uh, goals that he would have wanted back. Devontae's made the very uncharacteristic turnover for that first goal uh, behind his own net. Gives it right back to uh, what a Tolvin in or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good game. It's a good game. Surprising. What, what was your takeaway from it? You know, when you look at the advanced stats, the Avalanche dominated this game. When you watch this, the game with your eyeball test, the Avalanche dominated the game. Seattle played good. They did. I, I think uh, they deserved to win. Colorado couldn't finish. Grubauer played great. I fully expect Colorado to win the next four. Cam Carr was coming off a long layoff. He's been on the shelf dealing with that injury for eh, the better part of two weeks. He was a little rusty. He didn't have the same pep in his step. He's probably still injured. Playing through it. They're, they're, they're fine. I think out of all the underdogs who won the first game, the Avalanche are the one matchup. I'm like, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. They're going to win in five or six. Some bad puck luck. They'll figure it out. Seattle, it's a good story. They won game one. It was interesting. They scored every one of their goals each period within the first four minutes. It's It's hard to do that. As a player, you're really harped on to not lose a game in the first five minutes or the last five minutes of every period. Some coaches differ three minutes, you know, minute and a half to it's five. They really came out flying at the beginning of every single period. First period, they score within the first three and a half. Second period, they score within the first 120. Third period, they get one right at the four minute mark. So they'll, Colorado will figure it out. I'm not worried about this this series at all. It didn't really occur to me till just now, but Grubauer playing against Colorado was former team. Obviously they mm-hmm. know each other pretty well in terms of like tendencies and the way they shoot, they practice, they travel, they play together. Does this benefit more the goalies or the forwards to understand the other side more, or is it not really a big deal? I think it benefits the shooters a little bit more as a goaltender. You it's, it's tough because as a shooter, you get used to a goaltender and his tendencies, but as a goaltender, you get used to seeing these guys every day in practice. So it, it goes both ways. So I, I honestly don't know. I wish I had a great answer. I think we've asked goalies this in the past, and they really don't have a preference. They don't really care because they scout guys. Oh, I think it benefits the goalie. I really do now that I think about it because they're used to these guys. They know their tendencies. They know their favorite spots. Guys like to shoot in certain spots. That's their their spot. And goalies know that they know their little things, how they release, whether they pull or push or just stay the same. They're 
players have tells when they're going to release the puck. So yeah, maybe Grubauer has these guys number. Yeah. Another interesting little thing last night, Blake Wheeler had a backhanded goal and kind of a scrappy goal in the slot there. And they said in the broadcast that goalies have a hard time with backhanders because well, one, they come off the stick differently, but two, because they don't see them that much. You guys don't really practice defending backhanders. You don't do a lot of backhand shots at practice because you you don't use it as often. I never really thought about that, but you're right. They don't see a ton of it. I don't remember many drills. Did you guys have drills like specifically helping goalies off the backhand? Well, no, the idea was to get it off of your backhand at right. all costs. I can honestly say in my whole nine, 10 year career, I probably had three backhand shots, you know, and they were all around the net in a scrum and you just, I scored one on the backhand. My first NHL goal was kind of like a pitchfork backhand, but it's not something you, you set out to work on. And you notice the guys who have really laser backhands, like a Sidney Crosby, that guy's got a rocket for a backhand because he practices it. So I never did. I didn't practice anything other than punching people. Look at me. What am I going to do? But yeah, it's hard to pick up. You're, You're not, tracking the guy's eyes because he's looking straight down at the puck. You're not tracking his blade. If he's going to open it up because it's a backhand, you can't open it up on the backhand. So good for Wheeler. It's weird to see him score without the C on his chest. I didn't watch many jets games this year, but I was like, gosh, it's weird to see him just naked, naked up. Yeah. I don't want it on the other side of the ice Vegas. First time ever, Jack Eichel making the playoffs. This is what he's been waiting for. This is why he wanted out of Buffalo. And I know it's one game. You kind of said the same thing yesterday with McDavid. You lose, you lay an egg. First ever playoff game, zero goals, zero assists, and you're dashed three on the night. Now, I didn't – that's one game. He could go off for a hat trick tomorrow night for all we know. But isn't this kind of a statement series for Jack Eichel? Do you, do you put a lot of pressure on like him as a player like – you 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 were very vocal about wanting to play playoff hockey. Don't you have to do something now, especially being the favorite in the series? This team squeaked into the into the wild card. I know it's not like a dramatic swing, but like you got to beat these guys. And if if he doesn't produce in this series, is that going to tarnish like his reputation? And I don't say legacy. He's still pretty young, but like you've been waiting for this, Jack. You got to show us something. You know, I don't think so. Do you think this is Jack Eichel's team? That's the bigger question because they have, you know, Peter Angelo, you have Stone, you you have some guys there. I don't know. Is Eichel even, it's so hard. Is he that guy anymore? I think what this does solidify if he doesn't do anything is the Sabres made the right decision and they were okay with letting him go. They got some darn good players back f- for that trade and it's like, good. Eichel's a good player, but yeah, to show up in your first playoff game, and throw up a dash three. That's a that's a woof. I think the bigger thing in this game, we mentioned Brossois butchering his name. I don't even know how to say it. It's probably Brosant, you know, but he played terrible. Vegas looked out of sorts, and maybe that was because Winnipeg just looked so good. They had something in their boots. They were flying around the ice. Connor, Dubois, Wheeler, those guys were just relentless. Adam Lowry laying the body, getting a couple goals. It was, it was a clinic how good the Winnipeg Jets were. It was very, very front of the show. Josh Morrissey played great up and down that lineup. Everybody played super, super strong for the Vegas Golden Knights. Scary moment when that guy gets kicked in the face by the goalie. Cut right above his eyes, 75 stitches. He comes back. What a warrior. Hockey players are so good. It's incredible. That, you know what um, I mean? that, that first goal by Kyle Connor, the one-timer on the rush there. The the speed of his release and the power in which he can generate in such a small window is just 
absolutely incredible. And we had that that graphic last week of like the the amount of talent versus the little amount of media attention. He's got to be high on that list. He is so so good. And again, similar to uh, Gorgiev, a couple of high glove saves that you'd want to see uh, Brossois, uh making those saves. So I wonder, you know, of the four, all four road teams won last night. Which one do you think most likely you will see uh, a one-to-one series? How do you think the rest of these games will go in game two? Well, I've already let the cat out of the bag. I think Colorado comes back and wins the next four, if not the next four, four, the next five. They win this series. I think Vegas responds. I think we see Jonathan Quick in game two. I don't know why you would start the Laurent Bronsois again when you got Jonathan Quick in the wing. So I think Vegas wins game two. Man, New Jersey did not look bad. But they didn't look good. Vanacek was bad. He was bad, right? Was and bad. then how good was Adam Fox? He looks so incredible. <laughs> He's so good. So I think the Rangers win game two, and I think I think the Rangers win game two. Every other game will be 1-1. I think Toronto bounces back. Vegas and Colorado find a way to win. So I think there will be a lot of 1-1 series going into game three, except for the New York Rangers. They, they, it's not that the Rangers looked overly good. The Devils looked out of sorts. They looked like the stage was too big for them. They they didn't play like they typically do. And I don't know if that's their youth. I don't know if that's just the Rangers being just savvy veterans. Kreider, Panarin, Zabinijad, Kane, Trocek. All these guys, not Trocek, Tarasenko, all these guys played fantastic. You know, and they, they've been there, done that. So I, I think the Rangers continue to, to play well. Shesterkin played good. The only goal against he had was a penalty shot. Jack Hughes, it was good for him to get off the schneid. But I don't know. Is there any other team you think would, would make it 2-0? Um, no. No, you, I think I think you're probably right. And I want the Devils to win. Out, out of the eight first-round matchups that I predicted, the only one that won game one out of my winners was Boston. I was <laughs> 0 for 7 on the rest. Well, me too, because I picked Edmonton. I picked Dallas. I picked Boston. I, I guess Carolina was the other team that won, but we are not looking strong. And this is just, you know, goes to show how strong the NHL is. Parity is real. These teams are very hard first round matchups. All right, Tim, anything else? Well, one more thing, John, you, you have a TV at home, right? You've got a television. No, it's a lifestyle choice. Oh, okay. Well I do. And I, I subscribe to ESPN plus I've been subscribing all season long. Game one of the Boston Bruins, as, as of many of them, that's the one, the first one I watched on Monday night. It's streamed on ESPN, but they don't show it on ESPN+. Plus. How crazy is that? I don't know if this is on the league or ESPN or what, but like, it's the same company. It's the same product. I'm already paying for it. Why Why wouldn't I be able to watch it? And so it's another another stumbling, I think, of, of the league. Just And I don't, maybe this one's more on ESPN, but it's hard to watch the games. And so I actually had to, I had to sign up for YouTube TV, 60 bucks a month. It was the only way I could do it in, in the moment without getting on the, the horn with like Comcast or whatever. It's so frustrating. It's because they're trying to make more money. There's ESPN, there's ESPN plus, there's ESPN two. So you can't just sign up for a blanket, everything ESPN. You have to get all three separately to catch all the games. It's, it's crazy. You ever heard of sling TV? <laughs> sling box. That's a throwback. Yeah, they got they got ESPN, ESPN Plus. So I catch mine on the computer. That's all. Uh, it's a, you know, it is what it is. I think it'll be fine, Tim. All right, what do we got? We got games tonight. We got the Islanders, Hurricanes, Florida, Boston, Minnesota, Dallas, LA, Edmonton. Another jam-packed night. What do you predict? 
Who's going to win? Who's going to lose, Tim? Let's go. I think I think similarly, they'll all be uh, one-to-one after tonight, except for Boston, Florida. No kidding. Yep. Look at you go. I think Carolina extends. They go 2 nothing. I think Boston wins 2 nothing. Patrice Bergeron not going to play for a second straight game. It's been transitioned from an illness to now to an injury. So the Bruins are liars, basically. I think Minnesota wins to make it 2 nothing. I think the Joe Pavelski injury is going to be a huge issue for them. To do with you. I think Edmonton ties it up. So, yeah, I think three of them will be 2 nothing. I think Edmonton ties it up 1-1. It, they're exciting series up and down. There's no lopsided winner. Doesn't part of you want Edmonton and Toronto both to lose game two and go down to nothing at home just for the story, just yeah. for the reaction to it? Well, and the fact that the Nation Network, our, our partner company here, they're all Edmonton guys. <laughs> and they like have Edmonton sheets. They just love the Edmonton Oilers. That's all they talk about. And I want them so badly to lose. But then there's a part of me that's like, I was born in Edmonton. You know, that's where I was raised until I was six and had to move out to St. Catharines, Ontario. So I want I want Edmonton to win. It's part of my blood. But I think I more I more want them to lose. It's just fun. It's better for hockey if Toronto loses and Edmonton loses, as as strange as that is to say. Because people just they're so invested in those teams. And when they lose, more so Toronto, the reactions are priceless. After last night's game, Pete Blackburn tweeted out something like, like, I like rooting against Toronto as much as the next guy, but this is depressing. Like, this isn't even fun. (laughs) (laughs) It gets to the point where it's like, okay, joke's over. Can you, can you win a few? This is going to be seven seven years in a row. Yeah. Seven. We always talk about them losing to Boston and Tampa. Maybe I have a short-term memory. I forgot that it was Montreal one year and Columbus. Columbus. It's been year after you you think they've lost to Tampa Bay four times. It's been once. They lost once. to Tampa once. Yeah, Boston and it was twice Montreal. and Washington once. It's crazy. It's they, they can't beat anybody. So it's just it's it's not like oh we bad luck we were in this tough division. No. There was the bubble when you played the Blue Jackets, then you got Montreal and you lost to both of those guys. You're up 3 to 1 in Montreal. They're just I can't <laughs> believe that happened. Oh, I completely forgot hilarious. about it. It's hilarious. Just they can't figure it out. So, yeah, I would love to see them lose in game seven again. And uh, chef's kiss. It has to be that. But anyways, everybody, we might be back tomorrow. There's so much to talk about. We'll see how it goes. Go out, watch some hockey, have a couple pops. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 